Some things are happening in our nation. And, you know, God is, I've said this before, he's not a respecter of persons, but he does respect those who seek him. Jesus said if we seek him, we'll find him. If we're, if we're diligent, if we're serious, and we really want more of you, God, if that's really our heart's desire, we'll find that. And we need that. And, and don't think that, well, if I, you know, if I really get in and maybe fast a day or two or whatever, and if I do these other things, then that means that, you know, I, I won't be able to have fun in life or it'll take all my time. You know, God knows we have schedules and you have work and you have family. He understands that. But Jesus was a very, very busy guy, wasn't he? Amen. He was a busy fellow. I mean, come on. He was the most popular preacher of the day. He was in great demand. Everybody wanted him. But he had time to set apart for his father. Sure, it was, uh, it was a routine with him. And we can do that too. Uh, so this month, I'm going to be talking about prayer. I'm going to continue to talk about that this morning. Uh, I, I know prayer sometimes is a, it can be a legalistic thing. It, it can be something where we think, well, I, you know, why am I doing this? Is anything happening? Is God hearing my prayers? Our, uh, one of our daughters is involved in a Bible study where she lives with some women that are from various churches. Some don't go to church. And they're studying a book. And the book is basically a woman's, her own spiritual journey. And uh, the book reflects a theology of, of God's sovereignty where he's pretty much controlling everything, nothing happens out of his will, that type of thinking, which, you know, I respect those who believe that, and, and I, I don't see that in the Word, but God is sovereign. Sovereignty means that he's the supreme authority, but that doesn't mean he's controlling every decision that we make. It doesn't mean that everything always happens like he wants it. If it is, how could we say all the evil that happens in the world, how could we say that God wants, wanted that to happen? Well, that's clearly not so. However, there's some truth there I'm sure maybe that I haven't seen. But the, the question arose in her study in the book, basically she said, does God really need us to pray? And uh, does God need us to pray in order for God to fulfill his plan and purpose in our lives and in the world? And her their conclusion was, he, no, he doesn't need us to pray. So our daughter said, in the group, said, do you all agree with that? And they said, yeah. So her question was, well, then what are we praying for? What is the purpose of it? And someone said, well, it makes me feel better. <clears throat> yeah. I thought, well, that's good. If every time we felt bad, we started praying, then we'd all feel better and the world would be better. <laughs> be a happier place to live, I guess. But I thought, oh, you got to be kidding I mean, prayer is such a central, central part of the Word of God. So much is dependent upon us asking. And if we don't ask, we don't receive. If we don't ask in faith, we don't receive. I mean, what a privilege God's given us to go before Him and, and petition Him. Not just petition, like I talked about last time, but just to be with Him and experience Him. And to think that it's really kind of useless is an awful thing. I have to admire people who believe that and still pray, honestly. I mean, good for you. You got, you got, a strong, you got some strong faith. I just think it's kind of mis, misguided. But, and, uh, you know, she would threw some things in there and, and shared her heart in some ways that she believed. And uh, I don't think they really agreed with her. But still, I see good for you. 
You know, you're speaking truth. Hey, keep, keep in there and just, you know, just love them. Hey, we, all, we, we don't know everything. You know, all of us are wrong about something, okay, in our theology. But <clears throat> if we can unite in just loving God, just loving Jesus, well, well, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for another time to just get together. Lord, there's a lot of good things happening in the church, not only in our country, but around the world is uniting <clears throat> in repentance, in seeking you, because we want your power. We want your glory. God, you're a glorious God. You're a powerful God. You're a God who is near. You're a God who hears us. And Lord, I believe all over this world, you're still pouring out of your spirit. You're pouring out your spirit upon people, Lord, that are searching for you, that are serious, that are calling out to you, Father, and saying, we want more of you. And God, I thank you, Lord, we as a church, I'm trusting you are saying the same thing. We want more of you, Father. And God, help us to get all those things out, everything out, Lord, that's, that's stopping you, us as a church and us as individuals. Lord, if there's anything in our hearts, God, if there's an offense, if there's an area of disobedience or unforgiveness or anything, Lord. We want it out because we want more of you, God. You are the answer. You're the place where there's real, powerful, awesome joy and peace in your presence, God. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> He's here. Is he here? He's awesome. Well, I really sense the presence of God. If you haven't, you can. If you say, you know, I just don't know. I just don't really, I pray, but, you know, I'm just not sure about some things. Well, let me share with, with you some things I think that are going to help. You know, I started out with saying Jesus was a busy guy. But he did find time to spend with his father. And he's our greatest example. Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. In chapter 6, before he selected the disciples, he spent all night in prayer. Chapter 9, verse 18, it says, As he was alone praying, his disciples found him and they joined him. I'm just, you can write these scriptures down. Or we don't have to turn there. But Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, He arose a long while before day, and he went out to a solitary place, and there he prayed. After feeding 5,000 people, it was a miracle. You know what he did after that? He told the disciples, you get in the boat, you go across the Sea of Galilee on the other side, and I'll send the crowds away. And he did. And then he went up into a mountain to pray. And I think, Lord, if you, as busy as you were, can find time and you felt like it was necessary. I mean, he was God in the flesh and still is. Can't we do the same thing? I know you're busy. We're all busy, right? But the Father is asking something from us. And this is what I feel like a, the Lord wants us to know. He's asking for more time. He's asking us, even when we are as busy as, as we are, can we stop and set aside? Jesus separated himself. Now, he didn't have cell phones and laptops and computers and TV and all that. I understand that. But nonetheless, he still separated himself from all those humanity that wanted his attention. To just get alone with God, his Father. Well, if he can do it, then we can do it too. I want you to think about it. 
Jesus had fasted 40 days, had faced Satan himself, the devil himself. He'd already started casting out demons, and he was teaching with authority. He told Peter where to catch a whole bunch of fish. Miracles were following him. And yet despite all of this, he thought still, he said, I need to get away and spend time with my father. Wow. You know why? <clears throat> See, he practiced what he preached. I shared the scripture last time. I want to start here again. Matthew 6, verse 6, talking about prayer. Jesus said, but when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut your door, pray to your father who's in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He practiced that. Now, he didn't have a room particularly. I mean, sometimes he did. But a lot of times his room was the wilderness or it was a mountain. He just got away. And he prayed to his father in secret. Jesus was a very social person. And, and he was, had a great responsibility to teach and preach the gospel. But in, in the middle, and we've got responsibilities too. You've got businesses and you've got work and you've got family. God knows what we have to do. All right? He understands that. But we still can do Matthew 6, verse 6. And here's the deal. The reason why it's so important is when we do that, the Bible says the Father who is in the secret place, He'll meet us there. And when He meets us there, good things happen. Awesome things happen. Revelation comes. I'll share a couple of revelations the Lord spoke to me, which is, just kind of blew me away here in just a second. Well, We'll, I don't want you to raise your hand, okay? I don't want you to raise your hand, but I want, you to, I want to ask you the, this question to you, so I want you to answer it in your heart. How many of us on a regular, let's say daily basis or almost daily, stop what we're doing and we shut the TV off, no phone, no people, no cats or dogs? Oh, I guess they might be all right <laughs> if they're not distracting. But we put everything else aside and we... Get down. You don't have to get kneel or whatever. But we stop and we begin to talk to our Father. And we just thank Him. Father, just thank You that You're good. Thank You that You loved us so much You sent Your own Son. And we open the Word and let God speak to us because this is God speaking to us. How many do at least 15 minutes? Like I said, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I don't want to know. <clears throat> I'm just asking you. And if you're not, Why? Why on, the, on earth, if, if this is such a powerful thing, if this God that we're worshiping, if he's really real and Jesus is really the Messiah, if he's the answer for everything, if he's still doing today what he did then, and he's still healing and delivering, and he's given revelations, he's empowering, he's filling us with his spirit, if the spirit of God is still working today like he was then, why on earth would we not want to step aside and say, Lord, let me have some of that? Because that's what we need. He's alive, glory to God. He's not dead. Jesus is alive, standing at the sitting at the right hand of the Father, and He's listening and He's waiting on His people. I want to tell you, if we across this U.S., if we do this 10 days of prayer and these other things, we start repenting, we start evaluating our own hearts, I want to tell you, God is going to pour out His Spirit in a way that I believe we've never seen it before. I want to tell you one of the reasons why. I'm catching my breath here. It's just exactly what Jesus said. 
Jesus said one of the ways that Satan steals the word is through the cares of this life and the busyness, uh, the seeking other things, basically, because there's so many other things that I understand that. I, me too. I'm not, I, I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm here and I pray and I do all these things and, and I enjoy that. But, but still, sometimes it's hard for me. Sometimes, you know, things happen. You get distracted and so on. How, how much does the Father, how important is it to Him? You know, when I was, I, I've shared about my dad and mom. I, I wanted to please him when I was a kid. I, I really did. I, I wanted to do, I wanted, I was a good kid. You know, I didn't, I know some of y'all were just the opposite. Y'all were terrorists and so on, <laughs> rebels. I wasn't. For, I mean, as a grace of God, <laughs> I hear see some point in there. Uh, but I wanted to please my, my dad and my mom. I really did. I, I mean, it was, it was my heart. I wanted to please him. And, and you, know, I, you know, when I got saved, too, when I, when I started really seeking the Lord, I, I wanted to please my Heavenly Father. And I wonder, how important is it for our Heavenly Dad to spend time with us? You know, our, one of our daughters, because of the virus, <clears throat> her and her family, they have kind of shut themselves in for a while, and, and it's okay, you know, not criticizing her because I love her dearly. But I haven't seen her, her husband, or the grandkids in seven months. I want to see him. I say, I want to see him. I want to see him badly. I'm ready to see him. <laughs> well, can't you do the FaceTime? Yeah, yeah. That's all good and well. I want to see him. I want to get in their presence. I want to hug their neck. I want to give them a kiss. I want to see the grandkids. I want to see them. Why? Because I love them. I wonder about the heavenly dad. Don't you think he's saying, you know, son, daughter, when are you going to just stop? I know you're busy. Oh, Lord, praise God. God's blessed us so much. Lord, you know, he blesses us with all these things. And I mean, all the things get in God's way. I'm just wondering if he's saying, when are you going to stop and just, just, just you and me? That's all. Just you and me. Just let's, let's fellowship. Just talk to me. Say, well, I don't know what to say. Well, tell him. I don't know what to say, Lord. He'll help us. He'll help us. You know, we, we, when our kids were young, we didn't do this as much as we, we maybe could have or should have, but we enjoyed it. One of us would take our girls out like for a date, go out to eat or go play something for fun. Not two parents and, not, and just one child, one parent and one child. And then that child knew that she was special. The attention wasn't just focused only on her. You know, I praise God when we come together and, and appreciate Buddy and Ron and our worship team. You guys do such a good job. And they'll be back together here in a couple of Sundays. John's gone for one more, I think. But, you know, praise God when we come together and, and, and we worship and we pray together. I love that. Okay? And the Father loves it. And there's a special anointing. Because the Bible says there are two of you, two or more gathered together in my name. I'm right there in the middle of them. But I want to tell you, there's still something special. When it's just you... And it's just your heavenly father. There's something special about it. You get his attention and things happen. Oh, I tell you. You know, I read about some of those Old Testament uh, saints, Moses and Enoch. Enoch walked with God. Well, what does it mean to walk with God? Well, you know, I'm sure it means obeying. 
But then Hebrews 11 says he was a man of faith and he had this testimony that he pleased God. He was walking with God. What do you do when you walk with someone? You talk with him, you hang out with him. He was hanging out with God so much so that the father, for some reason, said, I believe I'm just going to take him up and just, I just keep him around with me for a while. I like this guy so much. Isn't that cool? And he says, Moses, he talked to, God talked to Moses like a friend, face to face like a friend. Do you know, listen to something. Listen, Moses doesn't have anything on us. I praise God for that. You and I are in the new covenant. We can have God not only face to face. I mean, he's on the inside speaking of there all the time. Praise God. You know, we, we start. We start spending time with the Lord. And. Um, he said he would reward us openly. And I talked a little about this, but, you know, part of what he rewards us with. Is, is just understanding, revelation. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Look, at, I read this last week, but let me read it again if I could. Verse 9. It says, But as it's written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So let me, let me ask you, what kind of things has God prepared for those who love him? The things that God has prepared... The things, that's such a general word, but the things. Is, does God have a bunch of sad, terrible, awful, negative, destructive things? That, is that the kind of God he is? Does he have some good things? Is that all he has? Isn't that, that's all God has? God's good. He's got good things in store for us. And one of the good things, let me read on down, verse 11. But God has revealed them to us. Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man, look at verse 11. What man knows the things of the man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we've received not the spirit of the world. Now, we know what that is, right? We know what the spirit of the world is. The, 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 the hate and the division, the strife. The sorrow, the depression, even add sickness and all that in there. That's, that's all the world stuff. But we haven't received the spirit of the world. We've received the spirit of God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Mm. Which things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual so God's got some good things for us. And, and part of, the, of what he wants to show us is he, he's got all kinds of, you could say, revelations. Insights into his character, insights into his will, his plan, his purpose. I was uh, talking to one of you all, and I have said this before. And uh, s someone said this, and it, it's kind of a frustration to all of us, I think. It says, how do you build a youth group when you have e either... You know, just very few kids. I mean, we don't have an active youth group at this time. How do you build one? Because this has happened more than once. You know, someone, you know, family comes in. We had a young lady come recently and had a young couple of boys. And they didn't stay because they enjoyed the service, enjoyed everything. They said, we, we're going to go somewhere where they have a youth group. How do you build one when you don't, you know, we don't have anything going on? You have so few. And I got to thinking about that in my time of, communing with God and praying, this came to me. 
Matthew chapter 3, verse 9. You've got to have to read this, okay? And I share this just for the illustration that God will talk to us. God has the keys. He said, I've given you the keys, the kingdom of heaven. He's got some keys to unlock things that seem to be locked and impossible. <laughs> Listen, I've read this scripture many times, but I never associated the, this one. Because <clears throat> I thought, that, honestly, when I think of that, I think it's hopeless. You forget it. Okay, well, you know, we'll never have a youth group until some of these kids, you know, five years from now, whatever, until they get 12 or 13. Well, that's enough. We don't have to wait that long, do we? John the Baptist. This is John. John had some faith. We don't see him doing any kind of miracles. He was baptizing people for repentance. He was doing what God called him to do, right? John the Baptist. Verse 7 says, When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. You guys need to repent. You know, you're religious, but you're, you're all messed up. Verse 9, and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. In other words, and that's what some of the Pharisees used uh, when Jesus was talking to him. He, he said, you know, when Jesus said, uh, your father's father is the devil. They said, hey, our father is Abraham. So he said, John said, don't say that. In other words, just repent. That's all you need to do. Don't say, hey, we're Abraham's kids. Listen to the next part. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. <laughs> oh, really? You mean, can, is, is that what he said? You think he was lying about it? Another translation says, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Another one, he can turn these stones into sons if he likes. I thought, all right. Well, Lord, if you, could, if you could raise up kids from a bunch of rocks, you're telling me you can't build a youth group and we don't have hardly anybody. You can't bring some young couples in with kids and teenagers. <clears throat> I think he can. I don't, think you, I don't think you're with me on that one, but I believe he can. I mean, I thought, Lord, thank you. I never saw that before. So I need to change my thinking. I need to say, Lord, you're going to do it. It may look like it's impossibility, but isn't that what God specializes in? He, he specializes in doing things that the world says is impossible, or even sometimes the church says impossible. It's not impossible. God can do anything, so he's going to do it. I'm going to start saying it. I'm going to start saying, thank you, Lord. Then couples are coming in, teenagers are coming in, and we're building a youth group. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, that came in a time of fellowship with the Father, you know. He's got all kinds of things to tell us. <coughs> He's got all kinds of things to tell us. Thank you, Father. Psalm number 2. Psalm number 2. This also, this didn't come to me either, but when I was thinking about the same thing, this scripture uh, was enlightened to me. And this is verse 7. He's talking. This is a prophetic scripture about Jesus. But listen to what he says. He said, I will de declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, <clears throat> you are my son. Today I've begotten you. That's talking about Jesus, right? Ask of me. Ask of me. 
and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. Well, Jesus did ask and the Father gave. Why? Because he wanted them to have the nations. He wanted the nations to be born again. And they have been. And they continue to be so. Well, part of the nations is young people, old folks and young folks and everybody. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. Well, Lord, we can ask you for a youth group. We can ask you for, you know, I know our, our constituency seems to be a little on the older side. We've got some younger ones. but We can ask for some younger ones. <clears throat> and we need to start saying it. We need to start saying <clears throat> young couples are coming into the church. We are building. A youth group is being built. It's going to happen because we're asking. And Jesus said, whatever you ask for, if you believe it, you'll receive it. Yeah, but this and that's happened. This person left. Well, I know those things. I realize that. Let's start saying what we want. Let's start saying if there's a mountain, if there's an objection, you know, if there's things that are in opposition to us, let's start speaking to some of those mountains and let's tell them to go and let's call it in. Let's call those things. You know, Paul said, God said, he calls those things that are not as though they were. Well, we can do that too. If we have faith, if it's based on the word of God, sure God wants that to happen. These schools are filled with teenagers and they're hurting and suicide is one of the main killers of teenagers today. It shouldn't be that way. Why? Because they don't know the Jesus you and I know. We got the answer and we can. They're going to come in. Praise God. Let's call them in. Let's believe it. You believe you will receive. Thank you, Father, for you. With you, all things are possible. Jesus himself, just one more. John chapter 17, Jesus said, this is his, his prayer. He said, verse 20, John 17, 20, he said, I do not pray for these alone. He's talking to the Father. I don't only pray for these disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Jesus was praying for people in the future who would believe in him through their word. So Jesus, that's us. That's right. And that's those others that haven't come yet. He's praying for them. And I think Jesus gets his prayers answered. (laughs) And we're going to get our prayers answered. Now, again, you know, I shared all those things to really for the purpose of of just saying revelations come when we pray and when we when we separate ourselves just to seek the Father. And I know that's really pretty much the same thing I was exhorting you to do last week. But listen, if we don't get to this step, then we're not going to get past this step. You know, this has got to come first. You know, the father of the prodigal son, you know the story. He was watching. He was waiting and he saw him coming and he ran to him. And the father's waiting on us. He's certainly waiting on the church, I think, in America as a whole to really return to him. But I think also that he's he's waiting on on some of us to say, I'm going to get serious with you. I'm going to be serious because first Peter chapter two, I said that was the last scripture. This is the last one, maybe (laughs) chapter two, chapter four, sorry, verse seven, the end of. Of all things is at hand, Peter said. He said by the Spirit of God 2,000 years ago, he said the end is near. How much more is it close today? Sure it is. Therefore, therefore, the end is near. Therefore, 
Be serious and watchful in your prayers. In other words, let it be a priority. See, with Jesus, it was his priority. To the disciples, you know, it was, it was a priority. And, you know, I, I, again, I, I'm not saying God can't reveal things to you when you're driving in your car or when you're out, you know, playing out in the woods like we did, a few of us did yesterday, shooting at these little round clay things that were going by so fast. I told I didn't hit very many of them, but I said if they're about three times larger, I probably could have gotten more of them. But he did really good, by the way. And Javier, of course, he's, he's a professional. Him and his son did very good. We had a good time. We shot clay pigeon things, and uh, we had a good time. <clears throat> you know, God can speak to us anytime, anywhere. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you can't talk to God when you're driving down the road or when you're out in, you know, in your yard or doing something. Of course you can. I'm just saying that time is where we stop everything is special to the Father and it should be special to us. He's asking us to do that. I know he is. It's important to him. The Father's looking. He's waiting. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, how good you are. How awesome you are. Why don't our worship team go ahead and come back? And uh, you, you can do it a cappella if you want. Maybe why don't we do that? I, I want more of you, God. Or have you? You can do it with music, whatever you want to do. I don't care. Will you make a commitment? I know some. Let me just talk just for a second. I know sometimes we say, "I don't know what to do." I, I go into here and I, you know. One of the things we can do is just pray the Lord's Prayer. I can, I can remember when my aunt died. Lisa and I had just got married in May of 78, and they lived in Louisiana. They were really my great aunt and uncle, and, and she passed away, and, and we went to them, and they were having a meal at their house, and they had a big kind of living area, and then they had a couple of bedrooms off the side. Everybody was kind of around the living area, and there was one man, uh, I'm trying to think of his name, what was his name? Robert. Robert just had one arm, and he worked for our aunt and uncle every once in a while. He was having to be black. And he was not, he was not eating where the rest of us were. He was in a, that side room. My father, I really appreciate that, this about my dad, he went in there with him. I followed. I thought, I don't know if he's doing it because he feels like he should not be among us. You know, I don't know. I don't know why. But um, there may have been some of that. But, you know, my dad said, I'm going to, I mean, he's not going to eat here alone. And he went in there and I did too. And, uh, and maybe some of the others, my brothers, whatever. But I didn't realize he was a preacher. And uh, we got to talking. And, you know, I was very young and new in ministry. And <clears throat> he said, Jim, he said, spend a lot of time with God. He said, spend time in prayer. He said, if all you do is take the Lord's Prayer and pray it over and over again, he said, spend time with the Father. I've never forgotten that. Now, I, I pray the Lord's Prayer, and I don't have to do that. I've got other things I can say. But, but, you know, if you say, I just don't know what to do, well, pray it. Pray it once. Pray it twice. Just talk to him like he's your father. You don't, you, do I have to kneel, stand? Do I do this or that? <clears throat> you know, let me, let me share this with you. Did you know that nowhere that I found in the New Testament or old does the Bible say to pray, bow your head and close your eyes? 
Now, isn't that strange? Because that has become such a traditional practice among us. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's just like that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, when kids are growing up, you want kids to pray around the table for the meal or something. And you, you get little Johnny and Bobby and Susie to bow their heads and fold your hands like this. And, you know, and then they start kicking each other and you get all upset. I, <clears throat> you know, I don't, I'm not sure if we shouldn't just forget all that. And let's just talk to the Father. We don't, we don't, you know, just go before God. I mean, he's, he loves you. He wants to hear from you. We want to do it right. I understand that. I want to do it right. But, but it's not so much, it's not a mechanical, legalistic thing. It's just talking to the Father. If you love, you talk to people that you love, you know. You hang out with them. Well, just tell them. Just talk to them. Why don't we all stand? Let's sing this song again. You need prayer? If you need special prayer for anything, Lisa and I will be up here and be happy to.